Hey everybody, welcome back to Endless Wonder. Yeah, episode three, last and final, slash if I don't talk to myself, who will? Yeah, so before we get started, just make sure if you haven't already, please subscribe, hit that bell button, all the good stuff. Every links are down below. And Instagram at Endless Wonder, YouTube at Endless Wonder, and Apple Podcast at Endless Wonder. Alright? Mm-hmm. So pretty much like as far as like our academia videos, you know, like um they got interrupted because of COVID nineteen. And our our academic career also got interrupted because of COVID-19. Now it's a matter of like, well, do we go back to school and learn on Zoom classes? Do we go back and learn only online? Or do we wait until you can go back to the classroom, you know? And like, now the thought of going back to a, excuse me, going back to a classroom is like, people not wearing masks, so you don't know now like just the whole idea of like being around too many people is weird Uh you know i i was driving around the other day i think we were gonna get get food or and there was like people like outside sitting together because of covid Uh in the patio there was still like this limited space none of them were wearing masks and they're all like sitting relatively close not even social distancing so i'm just like "Mm." (laughs) <laughs> Wait, do, do you know from the looks of it, did it look like it was a group together or were like individual people that it was were like a restaurant? It was like a restaurant. So it was like at least like 35 people that were there. So oh, wow. Different families and different everything, you know? Oh, wow. Yeah. And then so all of those things, like they just like are so weird to me because it's like how how do you want to go back to the way things were before? I really think that there should be, like, a new normal. And, like, the mask thing, like, I think it'll be better for everyone's overall health if we continue mm-hmm. like that. Because there's pollution. There's, like, harsh chemicals. Well, I guess, I don't know if there are harsh chemicals in the air, but, like, secondhand smoke and, like, just, like, little things that will eventually over your life, like, damage your inner body, you know? But mm-hmm. if you protect that, then why not yeah i get you that makes sense and um it's just like how you had said there should be kind of like a new norm a normal um especially for like what's going on right now because for me i was with a friend and we she wanted to gift me to some korean bar or like just get me something for like get me some food since i graduated and so the korean barbecue had opened up and i was like oh like let's get some korean barbecue let's get out like mentally out of this world and go get some korean barbecue and so we had like went and i went in and there's actually like a lot of people to my surprise and of course people are not gonna wear masks because you're eating you know and it's not like a one table here and then there's not a table here like there was a few spots where there was in betweens but there was still a lot of people and there were some tables where like there was one group of people and there was one group of people right next to each other and like their way of checking to see if you're okay, they had some weird scanner, like phenomenon or whatever to check your oh, really? temperature. Yeah, like and I'm like, oh yeah, because this is totally going to just give the perfect okay, so that I'm fine, you know. And so I told, I end up going in there just to use the bathroom, but I told my friend, I was like, dude, it's just too crowded and people are comfortable. You have kids, you have a group of people, you guys are talking, laughing, and it's under the same roof, like you know. And so it's just 
for me, I'm just curious on how people feel comfortable knowing how easy it is to catch it or spread it. And they're comfortable of like with taking their kids out and being in areas of like, you know, like how you just said, there's 35 people sitting out here eating. And it just like my mom and I, we talk about it. And she was saying it just shows so much of like us as Americans that we can't just pause life just a little bit, you know, just so we can protect us, like protect because the numbers are going out of the roof. And like with the education thing, um, you know, it's kind of hard to say that we can let kids go back to school and they'll just wear a mask and everything will be okay. Like they're children. Like honestly, I don't think they understand the severity, if I said the word correctly, of the situation. You know, they're not gonna just be like, oh, I can wear a mask and everything's gonna be okay. There there are gonna be times where they take that shit off, you know, there are gonna be times where like they tease each other about the whole COVID thing going on. Like exactly. they're not like mature enough at that age. Some of them can be, but it's, I don't think it's a safe way to go. Um, and so I don't know. Yeah, because aren't they supposed to go back, like, in September or, like, August or whenever kids go back to school? Yeah, but more likely they're not going to – I don't think they're going to do it. it. It's, like, it sucks either way because, okay, like, education – there's a lot of downfalls for having children learn through these classes. A lot of the – like, like some stats were coming in on the news um, saying how, like, like a lot of children aren't doing their homework and they're not turning in their homework. And you have teachers who are home teaching, but they still have to take care of their kids or like you hear their kids like interrupting the call. No one's really paying attention that much compared to when it was in person. So I understand like the, the, the rush or the need of wanting to bring kids back to like, you know, into the classrooms and stuff. But I don't think it's, I personally don't think it's a good idea. Um, yeah. I think it's, just like really the way this whole country is set up it goes mm-hmm. to a way that they could the government could have prepared so much more and been like all right there's a virus everybody stay home you know mm-hmm. we're gonna give you enough money so that you have enough to survive and you don't mm-hmm. have to go out to work because look imagine if they would have done that for like a month or even two months like how many months are we into this you know it yeah wiped out and everybody would have gone back to normal now yeah but our healthcare system is non-existent because only if you can afford it, you can get it, you know? Mm -hmm. And then just like the government, they gave everybody what, $1,200 and to the people that are like eligible for it. Mm -hmm. And then like, that's it. Like what? Mm -hmm. Like March that we've been locked up. So this is Mm -hmm. the fourth month. Like Mm -hmm. it just doesn't make sense, you know? And then also just like, I think it's like American culture, just, oh, it's all about me, I need to do this, I need to do this, you know, it's not about the overall health, overall image, you know, because I was seeing pictures, and it's like, yeah, like, Europe and the United States went through it, but they took measures, and now, like, they're pretty much, like, almost rid of it, you know, but exactly. so it's like, are we just inevitably, like, gonna kill more Americans, because some others are not as careful as they should be because like it's in fact it's affected me personally um as in I know a co-worker that lost um a relative and then we just found out yesterday that one of my old co-workers at my old job he passed away oh from it yeah because he had he already had um 
lung cancer for like a while Mm. but he was just going to a regular routine uh checkup to his to the hospital and he Mm. got it and passed and his and then my cousin he got it like Mm. like two weeks ago and he gave it to my two little cousins like his Mm. his siblings you know and they were fine but they're what 21 and the the two little ones are like 10 and 12 yeah so like their little immune system thank god that it went through and like mm-hmm. everything was fine but like then you see people like my old co-worker you know like that got affected and now his life is just gone yeah it's just so sad and yeah i don't know it's just it's just too much yeah you know it's it's super the whole thing is weird because but i guess it's like there's two sides to everything because i hear a lot of um there's the side the argument that like yes the covid is killing people but the like the the percentage of how many people are surviving is really high compared to how many like fatalities are there are and then they like to compare it to like oh well there's still a lot of people dying from cancer or dying from aids and they're not paying attention to that and they're rushing towards this and like you know and then you have the argument to where which I'm on that side of the argument that this is a very like, you know, no matter what the percentage is, it's just that so many people so quickly are catching it and dying, you know? And like with cancer, it's not something that I can pass on to you. I, I, technically, I don't know how it works, but I know if I was to like easily talk or laugh, like it's not contagious. It's not yeah. at least airborne contagious. Exactly. You know? So, and then, I mean, I know there's like the flu, if I'm not mistaken, that's easy to like, because I'm pretty sure if someone's sick and they start coughing on me and stuff like that, like, I'm going to get it. But, I mean, I don't know. And the whole situation is very iffy. I know at the beginning there was an issue with the WHO, like, um, the Trump organ, like, um, the Trump something. They had cut the fundings for WHO, which is the World um, Health Organization. And, but the thing is that since it, because it started in China, um, they were, instead of giving all the information of what was really going on, to us, they were kind of like lagging on that and being a little wishy-washy with what was being, what was happening because they were trying to give time for China to come up with the answers, to come up with the solution or figure out what's going on because China was funding them more so and it, it stemmed from China. So like over here, we're kind of like, okay, if you guys are wishy-washy with the information, then they're going to they cut down the, the funds. So I know that like started at the beginning because they weren't being truthful of the situation. Um, which, which of course like yes we could have dealt with it a, like a lot better or earlier or whatever the case might be but if we're not getting the correct information or don't know what's really going on like you know if we're getting it la- like last minute then of course we're going to react last like in you know last minute but i don't know it's weird it's just it's one of those things like for me because i work at where i work i work on production and even though my office like it's a little annoying sometimes because like, I share office with one other person, but that person is very welcoming and open to the idea that people don't have to wear masks in our office. Or, like, he's like, it's okay, it's fine, you don't have to wear a mask around here. And I'm just like, hey, that person tells you? He tells everyone that comes into our office. He's, like, the, the main, like, the main engineer. He's just like, it's okay, it's fine. And I'm just like, because... Because it's mandatory to wear a mask on production, but in, when you're in the office, it's not. But I'm still like, you don't, these people talk to other people outside of work. And the more people that are coming in here not talking with the mask, but it's just like, it's a numbers game. It's a huge number game. So 
Yeah, for sure. But do you think that schools should open up? Because, like, I see why maybe parents want their the schools to open up because it's, like, they can go back to work and their kids aren't home and, like, it's easier for them. But really, I think no because what if, like, majority or even 10% of the kids get it and pass? You know, it's, like, what is that going to do? That's going to just, then they're going to sue the school, sue the, mm-hmm. sue the teachers, you know? It's like, just stick it out. I don't know. I think there's so much technology. And, like, of course, I completely understand maybe not everybody has a laptop or a computer at home or good internet, you know? But then that comes into, like, the funding and the government that needs yeah. to be able to help out more, you know? Exactly. Because it shouldn't be, like, people fending for themselves while the world is like shutting down and still get no help, mm. you know? So yeah. I I think there should be like still some sort of learning so that kids don't just lose like a year of education. And when they come back, it's that much harder, you know? But exactly. I also think that like things should work out differently. I've had a couple clients that they're teachers and they're like, oh, Maria, like we've had to restructure this, this and that. And it's like on the, like on their side, they're doing as much as they can. But like, Mm -hmm. if you don't have the proper funding and the proper tools, the proper everything, like how much are you really going to do? Yeah. You know, it's really not up to the individual. It needs to be like a collective some idea. You know, it makes me, I feel, because, like, this is just my feeling. Um, I feel as though a lot of times certain roles as, like, people pick up certain roles, but they are, like, um, like, for example, as a parent, you're a parent. You have to take care of your child no matter what. But I feel that they get so comfortable with the fact that, like, because we have school systems, because we have a teacher, I could just drop off my child. And this, this other person will take care of my child for this amount of time. Yes, it is the teacher's job to educate your child. But at the end of the day, it's still your child. And now that you're going through some type of crisis to where you have to step it up as what it means to be a parent, you guys are stressing out. It's too hard. It's too this. You're a parent, you know? And, like, you have to, like, yes, it sucks, but you got to stick it out. This is the role that you want to be as a teacher. I can't fully speak. This is just how I feel my opinion. But, like, as a teacher... Um, I, I bet it's pretty hard already, especially like from where I was at. Like, I know that there were some teachers that just couldn't stand it because there was disrespect from the children or this and this and that, you know? So I understand that it's difficulties and the funding, like you said, that really matters or the resources that they have. But now that we're in a moment where people really got to step up the game on things, people are like freaking out. It's too stressful. It's too hard. But this is what it means to be a teacher. You got to adapt to the situation. And even though, like I'm saying, like the resources and stuff, that does matter. Like if you don't have the resources, of course, that's going to be even harder. And technically, the person that you're working for, whatever the case might be, like they should be providing you with the resources. So yeah, I can totally understand that. But like in moments like this, you got to do your shit. Like say when I was working at food, like like it's not the same job, but just um, a general example. Like when I was working at like Panda Express or something. There'll be times it'll be really slow, you know? It might still be hard, but it won't be as bad. But there's going to be a certain hour where it's, like, super intense. And you really just have to stick it out and get the thing, like, do what you need to do and get over it. Like, you know, no matter how stressed or emotional you are, but this is the job that I chose to do. 
this is the path that I wanted to take. And so there's going to be times where, yeah, you have to actually do the hard work. Like, yeah, you have to do push yourself a little harder. That's just life. And mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like that's just something for me that I feel because it's like an intense moment right now. A lot of people are like, wait a minute. Like we actually, cause my mom, when this first started, cause um, a lot of like, she wasn't necessarily talking shit about like the people in the healthcare or anything, but she's just like, Oh, people now are stressed out because they finally have to do their job. Like I get it. I understand that this is a stressful, scary, it's affecting a lot of people. Like, you know, like the resources are being cut, but a lot of people are mainly freaking out because it's like, normally they're not used to dealing with a large amount of like a large demand of what they're doing. They're kind of on more of a relaxed side. And I'm pretty sure there's some moments or times where it gets very intense. I can't talk shit. Like that's not my field. And that already sounds very complicated, but you have to be mentally prepared if when you're whatever job that you take to be ready to like really put in that work when time comes. I feel like that's for everyone. And that's just like American culture. Now it's like do yeah. the least amount of work for the mm -hmm. most reward, you know, yeah. but now that like, Oh, you have to work really hard for it. It's like, hmm, all of a sudden I don't want to, you know, or like yeah. all, all these little out, like escapes or just like means of like delegating you know like work and then now yeah. that like more has been put on your plate now it changes things and it's like oh fuck well like this this and that which like i get you know but at the same time feeling like that feeling overwhelmed just makes you grow mm -hmm. and there's people that they can either really grow from this or people that are just not going to like be able to overpass it you know mm -hmm. and that just like at the end of the day, like, I want to say, like, not survival is the fittest, but, like, you have to be able to adapt to your circumstances. Exactly. Because you know? otherwise, if you don't adapt, you're going to get left behind. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I don't know. Well, we'll see what it is, but. Alrighty, let's see. Um, let's kind of move this along and one, okay, so Marie and I thought that would be a pretty cool idea to just kind of share a little bit of something <laughs> personal yeah so. well yeah since we're in the whole like topic of academia and everything you know we just I just wanted to close out with like some of my favorite things that I've that uh, have made me love academia I guess which is mm. literature so mm. I just wanted to share like I guess a couple passages from one of my favorite authors and then Cheyenne wanted to also share some of like her favorite things involved with education as well so there's this book called um you get so alone sometimes that it just makes sense by charles bukowski and bukowski is one of my favorite most cynical people in the entire planet and i feel like one day like i'm pretty much like a younger version of him you know mm. and what i love about him is that he always wanted to be a writer but it didn't come to the it didn't get to that moment until like his later later years of life because he worked his entire life pretty much as a as a mailman and right up until like 60 or 62 until like he actually started getting published more mm. so he is one of those writers that like has had their heart broken has been poor has like struggled you know like that's done like through a lot of things and like one of the reasons why I love his writing um he writes like in like uh poetry 
everything. He writes in like small little poetry versions, which like really they're they're all like small little passages, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's nice, and this is one of my favorite ones because at first they're like they can all be used like individually. But then when you read it as, like, a collective sum, then it's, like, oh, like, it's so, it, like, unites you, you know? Mm. So this is called No Help for That, okay? There's a place in that heart that will never be filled, a space. And even during the best moments and the greatest times, we will know it. We will know it more than ever. There is a place in the heart that will never be filled, and we will wait and wait in that space you know so I just absolutely love him because like this one I was reading it and it's just like it's true you know like sometimes you want so much or like your heart desires for this one thing your heart wants to be filled with either love material things job fulfillment um sexual gratification you know like anything you want to be able to fill but it's like at the end of the day, like, you wait and you wait and you wait for that in your life. So I just think it's, like, a really great poem. And mm. the other one that I really liked, this is a little bit longer, but it's still, like, relatively short. <clears throat> this is called, So A Good Time. Now look, she said, stretched out on the bed. I don't want anything personal. Let's just do it. I don't want to get involved, Okay. She kicked off her high-heeled shoes. Sure, he said, standing there. Let's just pretend that we've already done it and there's nothing less involved than that, is there? What the hell? What the hell do you mean, she asked. I mean, he said, I'd rather drink anyhow. Then he poured himself one. It was a lousy night in Vegas. and He walked to the window and looked out to the dumb lights. You a fag, she asked. You goddamn fag. No, he said. You don't have to get shitty, she said. Just because you lost the tables, we drove all the way here to have a good time, and now look at you, sucking at the booze, or you could have done that in L.A. He said, right, he said, one thing I do like to get involved with is the fucking bottle. I want you to take me home, she said. My pleasure, he said. Let's go. It was one of those times where nothing was lost because nothing was ever found. And she got dressed, and it was sad for him. And not because of him and the lady, but because of all the millions like him and the lady. As the lights blinked out there, everything so effortlessly falls. She was ready fast. Let's get the hell out of here, she said. Right, he said. And then they walked out the door together. I like that one. Yeah, it's just like... He's taking himself out of the equation and not in like, okay, yeah, I had a shitty night with either my girlfriend or spouse or whoever it is, you know, but it's like not about me. There's so many people that are in unfulfilling relationships that mm-hmm. they might even hate their partner, you know, or like they're just with them because like, okay, whatever. So it's just like, he's not sad because of him, but he's sad because of all the other millions like him. And it's yeah. just that just puts an image in your head where you're like, oh, shit, fuck, you know? It's like, that is sad. And it's like, well, why do you do it? And then it goes back to the title, which is you get so alone sometimes that it just makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I know, like, as far as, like, for myself, 
my personality, how I've been raised, how I am, just everything, you know, like, I'm very introverted and very, like, by myself a lot of the time, so whenever I find a writer like that, it's just, like, mm. yeah, cool. I love Bukowski, and I will forever recommend any Bukowski book. Another one that I really like is um, Love is a Dog from Hell, mm. You know, and he has, like, a really good one. So pretty much just anything Bukowski, I recommend 10 out of 10. I like the titles. Mm-hmm. Titles are nice. Mm-hmm. I'll, send you, I'll send you more. But, like, they're short and sweet, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, some of them are like, okay, whatever. Or, like, maybe you just don't relate to them as much, you know? So, yeah. I just, literature to me is so important. And... That's why I've continued to study in university. That's why I will continue, you know, and both in and out of university, you can teach yourself. There's, I have tons and tons of books that I haven't read, and I can self-teach myself so many things, mm-hmm. you know. So education just isn't specifically a structure or, like, this one determined place, and it's not limited to there, you know. Mm. There's so many means that you can get them or get through yeah. that same path. So, yeah, I just wanted to share that. That's cool. Well, one thing that I like about education or learning or anything is just, like, the amount of growth that you can get out of it because it's really up to you. You know, I can sit in the same class as a person, but we might get two different things out of it or how much we get out of it can be different. And so um, one thing that I like is the challenge the challenges that I come across. So I've been doing, I've been learning Japanese for a few years now, which I'm actually very surprised. It's been a slow journey, but it's cool. It's going to continue until I I get fluent. I started off, like, I was like, okay, this is going to be like a self, um, I'm going to like teach myself. Um, But then when I, since I was in college, I went ahead and got like a Japanese, like enrolled in a Japanese class, which I'm happy I did because it forced me to learn about like the writing system and stuff like that. Um, But after the class, I've been doing everything on my own. And basically how I've been learning so far is just watching. Like when I first started learning Japanese, I couldn't watch anime like before I liked anime but I couldn't watch it because it just sounded very annoying um but now that I understand Japanese or I can hear the words now I I started watching my anime with like no captions or anything like that even though I don't fully know everything that they're talking about but I kind of get like the gist of what's going on Mm -hmm. um so it's pretty dope so one thing that I kind of There's two little things, but let's see how short I can make this. So Japanese is technically one of those languages similar to like Chinese or Korean or anything like that. Um, Compared for an American speaker, there's like certain levels of difficulties and Japanese is like level four, which is the max. Um, So the main reason for that, because I personally don't think Japanese is that hard once you understand like the puzzle is just all about adding words in, but that's kind of with any language. I actually think English is very difficult to learn and I'm so grateful grateful that I'm an English speaker um but the main reason why it's very difficult is just that the structure of Japanese and English um is very it's it's different um so the most basic basic thing um of how it's different is the sentence structure 
So in English, we have um, the subject, verb, and object, right? So what I mean by that is that, so this is a water, okay? So the sentence I'm going to say is, I drink water, right? And so I, I'm talking about me, so I'm the subject, you know? And then the object is, um, or the verb is the action of what's happening, so the verb in that sentence, I drink water, is drink. And the next question is, okay, so I know what we're talking about, which is me. I know what you're doing, which is drinking or drink or whatever. Um, but like to what? What are you drinking? Like, what are you drinking, basically? And that's, bas that's the object. So the object is what gets the action, what the action is happening on. The verb. Yeah. So, yeah. So the object is what the verb is happening to. So like it gets the, the action. So I drink water, I is the subject, water is the verb, I mean, drink is the verb, and then water is the object. Mm -hmm. So with Japanese, it's subject, object, then verb. And so my sentence, if I was to use it in English, would be, oh. I, yeah, so like, it's going to be, I water drink, that's how that goes. And of course, there's little things in between that you add. Um, but the basic structure is very different. So it will be, watashi wa mizu o nomimasu, nomimasu. So watashi wa mizu o nomimasu will be that sentence, I drink water. Um, so once you kind of understand the grammar or just how the structure is very different, um, I think that you can basically get the hang of it because... The thing with Japanese that makes it easy is that they conjugate words um, similar to English. But the thing with English is that for a conjugation to a verb, for example, um, there's different words to it. And I'll explain what conjugation means. For Japanese, a conjugation will be to the same exact word, but the ending is just changing. So that's why I, I think that Japanese can be easier. It's just that it's not making up all these new words. But with English, it is. For example, eat. Eat is like my very, my favorite example. So in English, when you conjugate a verb, you literally are, is, you're changing the word. So like eat is like a present positive, right? Or I will eat, eat, right? I didn't eat. You have the word eat. But say when you want to talk about the past, it changes from eat to ate. So you're learning a, no, a whole new word. So it's like I ate or I didn't which is a negative positive but you have eat you have ate and you have eating so you have to change like the mm. action you have to learn different words for this one verb compared to with Japanese it's the same verb um but you just have to learn how to change the ending depending on the type of verb that you're using so, in so you don't Japanese, have like a past present and future you just have the same word ending in different ways Yes, so you do have like a past, present, and future, but you don't have to change it like English does. But depending on how you change the ending of the word, it will give you that That's, past, present. Okay, okay, mm -hmm. okay. But you don't have to change it to an entirely different word. Exactly. Like, I'll speak with you. I spoke to her, you know, like, yeah, the, yeah. And, and which is why I feel like English can be a little bit more difficult to learn because you have to learn all these little words for, you know. So yeah, exactly. You're correct. So um, with eat in Japanese, the word is taberu, and it's a 
root verb. So that means that all you have to do is take the R sound off and just add the ending. So it will be tabin mas, which means eat or will eat. Or you could just say taberu if you're talking to a friend, like taberu. Um, but yeah, so you can say tabin mas, will be, which will be like the positive, um, the future positive or right now. Or say if it's the future or right now negative, it will be tabin mas sen. So you're using the same tabe. That's not changing. You're just adding what it means for like the negative future. Um, so then you have your past verbs, right? Like ate or I didn't eat. Um, if it's with Japanese, you'll still be using the same word, tabe, but you'll be adding the endings that means like I didn't do it or I will, like I did do it. So I didn't do it. It's tabemasen deshita. Um, that means like in the past. And then I did or I did eat will be tabemashita. So it's really just changing that, like learning the ending of the verbs, what you're trying to say, and just adding it on there instead of changing the whole word, word like English. So it's pretty dope. I enjoy it. And like, there's a, another thing that I kind of wanted to talk about, but I'll try to go through it pretty quickly. Um, there are these things called sentence taggers. Um, in and Japanese or in English? In Japanese. Mm -hmm. So I wonder, I don't know if English has it, but yeah, in Japanese. So the, you can say the same exact word, but depending on the tagger that you're using, it changes the meaning. For example, I'm going to say, this is cute, right? So it'll be like, kore wa kawaii. So or I'm just going to say kawaii. It means cute. So you have kawaii des, which is like the formal way of saying this is cute. Um, so a sentence tagger is words like ka, ne, or yo. They all mean different things. Ka means a question. So if I'm like kawaii ka or kawaii deska, it means is that cute? Mm -hmm. If I add ne to that sentence, it's like kawaii ne. It'll be like this is cute, right? Or like you know, like I'm trying to like if you said something, oh, I'm like ne. Okay. Yeah, and so then then you have kawaii yo. So y'all can be used for a few different things. Like they can all be used for a few different things. But like one um, thing with yo, you would use it when you're giving new information. So if I'm telling you like this is cute, like you don't know what this is, and I'm like, kore wa kawaii desu yo. Like I'm telling you like this is new because this is new information that I'm telling you. But you don't want to go and keep saying yo 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 at the end of your sentence because then it sounds like you're a know-it-all and you're just like self-centered. Um, but yeah. But what does so, the yo mean again? The yo, you will want to add it to a sentence when you're giving new information to someone. So say if I'm telling you this is good, you've never had this food, but I want to tell you this is good. I'll be like, oishi means good. Um, oishi desu yo, because you've never had it before. So this is new information that I'm telling you. Interesting. Interesting. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, yeah. I've, I wanted to learn. I remember I took three years of French in high school. I don't remember anything, and I, like, started back on that journey, like, sometime last year, but I really, like, that's always been a goal, and I know when I start my PhD program, you need to learn a language, so mm. we need to become, like, trilingual here. That's pretty cool, yeah. Because why not, you know? Exactly. It's There's, fun. Yeah, especially with anything. Like, what tools have you used to learn um, Japanese? 
Um, YouTube, honestly, YouTube's my best friend. There's this app called Word Hippo. That's my favorite app in the world. It's literally like, it's kind of like a dictionary, but you can use it to translate words, translates anything. Mm -hmm. Um, so if there's a word that I want to know how to say in Japanese, I literally just look it up. If I have a question, I use Google and then I watch anime. That's really all I'm doing. And then um, I talk to myself, and then there's this one girl. I have a friend that's in Japan, but I don't really talk to her. But there's this other girl who's learning Japanese. Like, she's on a, her journey. Like, I, I want to say, like, she's a year and a half, and I'm, like, two and a half years, I think. And so we have, like, a different stamp in our journey. But it's pretty cool to study with her because she's more, like, text, like, book-wise. So it's good. I can ask her a question, and she's more – she remembers the textbook more than anything. So – it's helpful. That's, yeah. uh, that's good. That's handy. Well, hey, I mean, if you keep it, it's just a matter of, like, consistency. It's exactly. It's like work, working out, you know, even if you do, like, 20 minutes a day, after a year, it's going to be so much, you know? Mm -hmm. And even, like, you, if you practice it for 20 minutes a day, like, it, it compounds exponentially. Yeah. Consistency is a thing. Yeah, which so. reminds me that I need to work out. I'm going to go on a run tonight. You know, little by little. I work from home now, for anyone that didn't know. So I literally, I just sit in my desk for 10, 12 hours, and then I go mm. to sleep, and then I wake up and I do it again. So <laughs> I need to do some physical exercise. So if anybody has any tips or anything like that, you know, send them through. I need motivation more than anything, you know, because it's yeah. like getting out the door, getting dressed. It's like, ugh. But then when you're doing it, you're like, oh, yeah, I can keep going, you know? But... It's like anything, but yeah, just like summing, summing up, like there's so oh, many wait, before, before you end that, I actually wanted to comment on what you were just talking about with like working out and getting into mm -hmm. that. Um, so please don't lose your thought. But I, in April, I was telling myself like the end of April, I want to start working out or whatever. So the whole month of April, I actually mentally prepared myself to get in the action of working out instead of being like, yeah, I'm gonna work out. So I'm just gonna go today and the next day comes and I don't do anything. So I know one thing that helps with building habits is just starting really slow. Like, so say if working out for you is like, you have to put on some work, like, running shoes or whatever like just simply start by just putting on your running shoes and walking out the door like don't like overwhelm yourself with the fact that i have to run two miles today or i have to do 30 like minutes of a run or like 10 push-ups like whatever just like do the action of getting out the door for a little bit so you can get in the habit of doing it and then once you're like okay this is nothing like putting on my shoes like you'll learn that once you're there because it's a lot of the times it's all about just showing up and then once you're there, you're in the mood, you're like, okay, I got this. And then you can slowly just add. And I just wanted to throw that out there. It helps. I mean, I'm yeah. still doing what I'm doing, but Definitely. yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. The other day I went on a walk and literally like, I remember being so fit and being able to lift and like work out and, and like being so skinny and like, not that I'm like fat or anything now, you know, but it's just definitely out of shape. Literally mm. on the walk, like everything was hurting. That's how mm. much I stay inside and just mm. on my computer, you know, like my leg was cramping my literally my armpit. Like there's like a lymph note here that was just getting swollen because my body mm. was like, oh my God, you're using me again. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, like I just want to like, walk one lap then maybe the next day two laps then maybe exactly. the next day, like i'll run a little bit walk a little you know but at least as long as like i need to have some sort of movement you know exactly 
So I know, and uh, we have like a fitness center here. So as mm. soon as that opens, like that'll be most more convenient, you know, getting a better routine. But I'll definitely like at least start having some sort of body movement because mm-hmm. I cannot not do it, you know. But yeah, um, are we good on that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, so pretty much, you know, like, just summing everything up, like, as far as learning in academia, like, make it fun, make it your own, you know, and, like, the, I love school, and as much as I love it, there's subjects that I don't touch. <laughs> I haven't, like, done math since, like, five or six years ago, and then I've just been having to help my brother do math homework, and I'm like, ooh, okay, but, like, I remember it, you know, mm. so I can help him, but, like, that's not my speciality at all. I'm, like, English, history, and, like, the sciences for me, mm-mm. I've never been, like, a science person, so you just kind of have to, like, know what you like, you know, and exactly. it kind of sucks, like, K through 12, you have to go through all of them, but also that's, like, a good thing, because you get to learn a little bit about all, and then when you get older, you can, like, dive in into what you really like, so, yeah, you know, it doesn't have to be, like, what everybody likes, you have to like as well, you know, like, find Mm. what interests you and what you really like want to go forward whether whether it's like animation or poetry or a chem major you know or business major or anything there's so many different types of education and so many different methods that you can use it that really it's just like endless opportunities yeah exactly yeah but yeah um other than that please make sure to subscribe to our video follow our podcast apple podcast and spotify and at endless wonder instagram yes yes all right so we'll see you guys next week from now on every saturday at 2 p.m we'll be having new videos all right bye